Welcome to the Blazing Guts Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and I've got my sidekick, my co-host, and she just so happens to be a very good friend of mine and a fellow football fan, Michelle Saunders-Guts. Michelle, how you doing? Hey, Teresa. I am doing great, and I am ready to talk some football. Well, as usual, there's a, never a, a dull moment with uh, this show. So, uh, I know there's been a lot that has happened, including a certain Super Bowl that's we are going to need to cover. But so, but I think we're gonna we'll cover that. Um, I want to actually go back and hit on the on some of the playoff games that happened because I'm telling you what, there were some doozies. When 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 you think about there was like the the Forty Niners versus. Who were they playing? I think they were playing the Bengals. I could be wrong. It's I've slept since then, you know. But there were so many excellent games, and then you had the Chiefs doing what they did, and it all compiled into a Super Bowl match of the Chiefs versus the Eagles. And I'm going to say this up front because we've got some hard stuff to talk about. The Chiefs and the Eagles game was one of the best games I've seen. Super Bowl wise in a long, long time. It was worth the watch. I'm sure you Eagles fans are crying right now because it was painful. Let me put it this way. It reminded me of the Arizona Cardinals Pittsburgh Steelers game back in 2001. It about killed me. (laughs) I'm sure, Michelle, you can relate to that. I can. Oh, it's painful. Uh, You know, I, you know, you just sit there and you're like, Oh, God, really? Really? <laughs> you know, um, on the field, they can, the players comported themselves well. Okay. The Chiefs found a way to win. You know, they didn't play so hot in the first half, right? They really didn't. They, 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 I, they weren't themselves. They went in, they had a little talk, and they came out and they did what they needed to do to get a win and to win the Super Bowl. But I want to focus on the things off the field. And Michelle, you know a lot more about this than I do. So I'm going to turn this over to you and I want you to lay out for our audience what happened. Um, With regards to the Super Bowl here in Kansas City, um, this is the celebration of the parade. And um, this is the second time I've been around when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and have been privy to watching the parade. But this year, there were um, a few players that got a little bit too wild and did drink a little bit too much alcohol. And there were some behaviors um, that were disappointing by many who watched the parade and had expectations of the conduct of the team. And unfortunately, um, that has gone through the press and uh, there's been some criticism that has taken place that has, you know, been around Patrick Mahomes uh, and how he conducted himself and also others that were out interacting with the fans that were there watching the parade. Travis Kelsey's mom was there, and it seemed Travis Kelsey's was not as wild and crazy um, as he has 
been <laughs> um, at previous parades, but it, it just seemed to be a concern because for one thing, unfortunately, Andy Reid's son, he was in a situation where he had been drinking and he got in a not car accident and there was a little girl that was hurt and he had to go to court and was found guilty of the charges. And unfortunately, um, that was not great press uh, for the Chiefs because he he did some uh, coaching for the Chiefs. I just think there is an expectation out there by the fans that the players would conduct themselves more professionally, not be so wild and crazy and, you know, walking around drinking and apparently drunk. And some of them even bragged on social media about it. And so I think there were a lot of Chiefs fans that were not happy about it. Now, there are many Chiefs fans who could care less, in all fairness. There even Tom Brady, um, according to what's been reported, sent some, you know, uh, comments around uh, what Mahomes did in terms of, you know, leaving the trophy, uh, which was a replica out amongst the crowd. And he even made admission that he had drank too much when he, you know, was involved in a Super Bowl parade. Um, but anyway, neither that <laughs> or, you know, what other people have said there's just been more media attention around it. And I haven't seen too much response from the chiefs. I think they're trying to downplay it in terms of, you know, those that are the owner and, you know, the other coaches and things like that. So anyway, just saying, um, I myself do believe in professional conduct and I do believe when you are up there and you're making what you're making, you can conduct yourself in a manner that is more professional, um, especially when you have a lot of kids and a lot of people and people are around your fan base. But I guess there's a difference you know, generationally and different expectations and things like that. So, you know, I think. It'll be interesting to see if anything comes out or anything else is said. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you. What you do in your own home is your business. If you want to get plastered in celebration of winning a Super Bowl, um, what you do in your own home is fine. But as soon as you take it into the public, that's a whole different ball of wax. Um, you have a responsibility to yourself and to your fans to act in a professional manner. But I think this is also indignant of something we've seen in the NFL, especially the Super Bowl halftime shows, because I believe it all runs in the same vein. I love the game, but I'm at the place where I can't stand the halftime shows. I just do not watch them. Uh, it's for the re for very for a lot of different reasons. You know, one, the artists that they that they tend to bring up there usually point to the occult or. They have pornographic, pretty much pornographic shows during the halftime. 
And I'm sorry, I don't need to be filling my mind. And, you know, we don't need to see that crap on a supposedly family friendly show. You know, and so what we're dealing with here when you're talking about number one, the halftime shows, number two, uh, getting drunk at um, parades and whatever else, we're pointing to a culture of debauchery. Is that something the NFL really wants to promote? I don't know. I don't know who all the final decision makers are around, you know, the entertainment. And I do think that's why some Christians now we're talking to a Christian fan base here. Um, There will be maybe people listening to what we're sharing and they will not be in agreement and they will just say we're radical white right wing extremists and, you know, all those things, I'm sure. Um, But I mean, when you're talking about Christians and there are many, many uh, in the NFL that that, you know, we've highlighted that actually play and many, many who are fans, you know, they they love the sport they love. But I think you. The bottom line is fans are going to have to take a stand, you know, against these, you know, then then don't watch the show if you're not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I I don't know how the NFL goes about making decisions, but it seems to be that the like, for instance, the um, cool thing about the game was that they had Chris Stapleton in there and he played the national anthem and sang it. Yes. And that was good. That was, I mean, that was fabulous. And then they honored our country. And I mean, that was fabulous. And then, you know, this Rihanna, uh, albeit she's beautiful woman. She's very gifted. She was, she's going to have another baby. That was her. She was trying to announce that this is coming, but I just think that the artistry and the creativity, it's kind of like what happened, you know, sort of at the Emmys. Well, not quite because the Emmys was totally different in terms of, you know, celebration of Satan and things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh the, that, that was bad. That, yeah. But I mean, we're having the conversation in terms of comparisons. Yeah. But, but I mean, when we're talking about the children that are there, I mean, and families, I mean. Do they need to see this stuff? Do, is this I, you, I, yeah. I don't know if that was the most appropriate way you know, of entertaining. So again, I don't know how they make their decisions, but you're not alone. Many people did not want to watch it. Other people I know that are Christians say, Rihanna's the best. She's so awesome. I mean, it's very interesting how people are with what they, how they see things. Personally, me, I was confused. I was really confused by the show i didn't know what they were promoting you know dancing and all those crazy outfits and the colors and i mean i was trying to figure it all out myself because i knew she was showing her belly and it was she's gonna have a baby i knew that much (laughs) so anyway so you know it's i do think we have to talk about these things because you know we do talk about 
the NFL. And, you know, this is an opinion show. Yep. And let's face it, I'm going to call this as I see it. Um, We love the game. I mean, I absolutely love the game. I, I love listening to it. I love analyzing it. I love watching it. Okay. But the baggage that comes with it, the NFL has a very dark side. Okay. It really does. Um, we don't touch on that as often unless it needs to be covered. But that is the truth of the matter. And so, you know, a lot of people, which I understand why, they have said, you know what? I'm not going to watch the NFL because I don't like some of the things that they promote. Okay. I, you know what? I get why you're doing that. I really do. And I'm not one to say you shouldn't do that. No, that's, that's, that, that, that's uh, between you and God. What I will say is support the players that aren't giving into some of the um, things that the NFL has gotten into. You know, pray for them. They need your prayers because the temptation level that they are under day in and day out because they play the game of football. And many times they're away from home. And what about the people that work for them, that, that, that get their gear ready, that make sure they have something to eat, whatever. Pray for them too. Because guess what? They're also away from home and they're also doing what they need to do. And when, when, when these players are putting everything out on the line and they play their hearts out, there are people that play because it's a paycheck. Then there are people that play because they actually care about the game. Pray for them. I know that some people have come to Christ because of some, you know, because of some ministries that work with the NFL. Um, the guy, um, he was a former chaplain for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, cannot remember his name off the bat, but he wrote the uh, cross training series. It's a book series that helps, you know, Christians get better at what they do. Right. Well, he was a former chaplain, so he loves the NFL, but pray for the players, pray for the coaches. Yeah. I really, I really think that's so needed because I mean, and you know, I am a person, um, I'm not a perfect person, you know, either when it comes to how do you conduct yourself, you know, in the public, I would, you know, your, you know, your Christianity and your values, because there's criticism. Anytime you, some people don't even believe in drinking alcohol at all in the, you know, in the Christian circles. So some are like, you know, why would they even have any promotion? Well, you know, those beer distributors were out there promoting their brand and they, and these NFL players got all this, these free drinks, you know, and I mean, and then, you know, there are young guys and some of them are growing in their faith. And some, you know, don't see that as being wrong, you know, I mean, so that's the thing. I mean, to me, it was really the leadership needs to set that precedence. you know, they need to say, you know, hey, this is how we're going to conduct ourselves. We're going out there among our fan base. Yeah, we can do this here, but we cannot come across as a bunch of drunken people on the, you know, street walking around and you know i just think that they were letting the guys celebrate and celebrate meant this and in front of all they were doing that and and yet there were so many so many so many people that didn't see that that was wrong either but there's a lot of christians that are ashamed 
of their behavior and how that went. So it's just controversial right now. And I totally get that. Um, You know, and if they were new believers and they just didn't know that it was wrong, that's different. I mean, it's the difference between meat and milk. Well, you know, for instance, you know, Harris Becker, right? With the Chiefs. I didn't see him running around doing any of that. And he's a very strong, very strong Christian. He's a Catholic Christian, but he is very strong in his belief system. And I didn't, he, he was very professional in how he conducted himself. I was very, I'm like, oh, wow, this guy's really classy, you know? And I really respected that. Travis Kelsey, I was glad to see his mother was there. She was having a beer with him and they were talking and having fun. And, but he was, his mother was there, you know what I'm saying? So I think that his behavior, you know, was respectful in that way. And, you know, some of the other guys, you know, unfortunately, including Patrick, they were, whew, they were out all over the place and having a good old time, you know, not being angry or mean or, you know, but they were, you could tell they were celebrating big time. Our culture points to and promotes a system of drinking. How many times do you turn on the um, radio, you turn on the TV? What are you, you going to see? A few beer commercials. Oh, especially during halftime and football season and all of it. That and sports gambling. I've seen a lot of commercials for that. Okay. Now, am I going to say that's wrong? No, that's between you and the Lord. But the Bible doesn't say don't drink. It does say don't get drunk. And there's a difference there. There really is. Yeah. Not good things don't happen when you're drunk. I mean, that's the thing. Good things don't happen when you get drunk. Yeah. Believe me, I, I could tell a few stories that I'm sure you could too, Michelle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and remember that Matthew, the guy, the LA quarterback, then you're from the lot from the Super Bowl win. I mean, he got, you know, a little not so great publicity because he he was drunk and there was somebody he ran into a photographer and he told his wife something and you know the photographer wasn't that thrilled and you know what I'm trying to say so things do happen when people get mouthy sometimes or get so loose and then they don't understand like with Patrick letting that trophy and go into the crowd. Now, maybe he did it intentionally because it was a replica and he was just going to blow people away. I don't know, you know, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're under the microscope. It's hard. I can't imagine how it would be to be that successful with that much. It's like paparazzi and celebrity and all those pressures on you. Right. And let's face it, because you because you are an NFL player, you definitely you fall under the definition of an influencer. So my question to you, Mr. NFL player, whatever team you're on, if you are out in public, who are you influencing and to do what? Okay, just something to consider as we uh, as we shift gears. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Let's hit on some of the NFL news. There have been some coaching changes. 
Um, one of them is a little interesting because he was at first approached by the Arizona Cardinals, but the Cardinals did not choose him. That was Mr. Sean Payton. Okay. Now he's a solid coach and I'm quite sure he wanted control, full control of how, you know, he runs his team. I, I would guess that the Cardinals weren't willing to give him control or weren't willing to meet some of his demands and the Broncos were, and there you go. It is going to be interesting to me to see how he runs the Broncos. If they can do any better than they did last year, I will be very happy. Um, the other cho- coaching change that was made is John Gammon for the Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury was uh, let go. So was the defensive coach, coordinator, and a few others. So I would say that the Cardinals did a major overhaul. I will be blunt. Thank God. Clingsbury needed to go. He was running that team into the ground, you know, and I'm sure we are going to see a lot of changes, a lot of coaching changes. I'm pretty sure I missed a few. Um, I know that uh, the offensive and coordinator, I think it was, came from the Browns to work on the Cardinals and the defensive coordinator came from the Eagles, or was it the other way around? I don't remember. But, you know, there are some really interesting coaching changes that are happening. And I think we're going to see a new mentality come into the team. Will that show itself on the field? I don't know, but I sure hope so. Your thoughts, Michelle? Whenever there is a change at the top, there's always a dynamic that takes place in a shift. And even with the fans, you know, I mean, I I think how Kyler Murray reacts and, you know, how how they work with the team and, you know, try to bring in um, more, I guess, you know, their 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 plays were really different, you know, um, and they were very aggressive. You know, so I, I don't, I don't know how this coach coaches. I know he's more, I know he's more of a defensive minded coach. I guess there were some gaps there. And so, you know, it's going to take a while, but it will really show um, once, you know, they get out there and they start playing a little bit. And so it's going to be interesting. Um, what I, one of the things that I'm hoping for is that he will emphasize the run. Because that's how Kyler Murray is, right? Well, like, if he's not comfortable in the pocket, he'll run. Yeah. But, I mean, but the thing is, and this is what drove me nuts, and a lot of the fans here nuts, and a lot of the commentators nuts, um, uh, you know, is Kingsbury would design plays that he thought were cute, that he thought would trick the other team. Until they didn't. Okay. And then Kyler is having to make this happen. And sometimes it would work. And then sometimes you just go, what the heck were you doing? He just didn't know how to coach Kyler, I don't think. Which is interesting because he coached him back in college. And in fact, in fact, he um he actually was the head coach of Texas Tech when Patrick Mahomes was there. Well, I don't know. Maybe the rest of the team in how they all interacted 
I mean, it just it just seemed like they were really off. Oh, yeah, they really were. Um, in fact, there was a belief that like when Colt McCoy would go in there and, 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 and as a backup, they were more comfortable working with him. OK, it just that's what it seemed like to me. Now, did he always win? No, but they were a lot more comfortable working with him. And to me, that's I look at that and I go, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, so I'm really going to be interested to see what this coach does. I don't believe that Kyler needs to be soft pedaled. I really don't. I think he needs some hardcore coaching. He needs someone that will teach him. No, this is not acceptable for a leader. This is what you need to be doing. Or let him lead, you know, let him lead. That's the thing, though. He wasn't leading. Yeah. Or give him. I don't know. That's a problem, too. That's a real problem. True. Yeah. He wasn't leading. He wasn't stepping up, you know. So I'm really going to be interested to see uh, what this new coaching staff brings to the table. I think there's a lot to it. And I think we're going to learn more as time goes on. But, you know. Congratulations to the Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl. We'll say that. Yeah, I never really thought they might not win the Super Bowl if they were playing their A game. They were in the second half. Yeah, the second (laughs) half. Um, And then the Eagles, you know, I think, you know, they they were tough. I mean, they were tough and I knew that they were going to be really, really tough. Yeah, because they are the number one. They were the number one defense. One team. Except, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, number one team in defense, except for sacks. The 49ers were the number one in sacks. You know, I went into this, um, you know, with just a few reservations, but it wasn't a, that I didn't believe that the Chiefs could win. I always felt like they could win if they wanted to win and they were willing to play the way they played during the last half. You know, even with, you know, I will give Mahomes, he did have a lot of perseverance. He did give God glory for his healing of his ankle. He really did not give up. He persevered. He played hard. He, you know, he's respected by his team. He continued to just give it all he could. And I think that is why. I agree. And I think he played through the pain that he was in, you know, and to me that like, like you could tell he was hurting, you know, but he still ran. He still did the things he needed to do to get the team in a position to win. And honestly, uh, I actually had someone I saw. I heard someone bring this up. That is the difference between him and Kyler. Kyler got hurt. He probably would have asked to be stepped out. Mahomes got hurt. He said, nope, I'm going to play through. Yeah. Kyler has got to learn to be more team focused and team serving. And he's just got to grow in his maturity. Patrick Mahomes has always been, and he is older than Kyler. I mean, he has got it. He's a dad now to two children, beautiful kids. You know, he is been out there for a while. This is his second Super Bowl or is it third? I think they played second one Super Bowl. The guy has been incredibly successful. I mean, you cannot give anything else but accolades to him for his performance and how he has played and how he his, you know, team 
his team focus, his servant leadership there and everything, you know, he is a great, great quarterback. And so we'll see, you know, and but so Jalen was, you know, at the Eagles. He is a great quarterback, too. He's a younger, a little bit younger. But, I mean, he had a dad that played. And, I mean, he's lived in, you know, football his whole life. So, I mean, it really does show um, on a lot of these players. It does. It does. When you've been in the game for a while, you start to realize this is what it takes to win. When you step between those white lines, this is what it takes to win. This is what I have to do. That's kind of something you really have to think about. It's something that I think a lot of these new players, Kyler and a few others, could take a page out of some of the old dog's books. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, that's just the truth of it. So, um, we're not going to have a sponsor because this is the end of the, you know, we're, this is the end of the season for Blazing Guts. We will be back next season. Don't worry. And we got a few plans for that. Uh, so, Michelle, I want you to, I believe you have a uh, player for us. Yes, I do. And um, what's interesting about this player is that it's he is currently being looked at for trade. Um, from the New England Patriots to the Las Vegas Raiders. But anyway, um, his name is Hunter Henry, and he is a pastor's son. He has been playing for the New England Patriots as a tight end, and he's been highlighted in a couple of faith-based articles. Um, The one I'm going to talk to um, uh, is... Um, some well, the quotes that he has had from church, church leaders. Um, that is um, a um, an organization that does highlight some of the Christian players. And one thing is, he gives God the glory again, like many of these faith based players do. But he also talks about him being less and God being more and how he uh, applies scripture. He does also believe there's many applications around being less and God being more, but he wants to continue to be a servant, to be humbled before his teammates um, and to be humbled before God and to give God the glory in terms of his success in his career and in his life as a husband and a father. Um, He does have a little baby, uh, the cutest little baby and wife. Um, And he likes the John 330 scripture that he must become greater, I must become less, which is what I'm talking about. Um, and he does have a lot of faith. He grew up as a pastor's son. That doesn't always mean you're, you know, going to walk like your, your, your dad, you know, in faith. Um, some pastor sons are rebels and they go way far away, uh, from their faith, but he does have his priorities straight. And that's because he believes that, you know, I, uh, he is the, a, a vessel for God 
and he wants to glorify him. And so I just thought it'd be interesting to bring him up because he is currently being considered to trade um, just because he's a lower cost player um, from the Patriots or the Patriots to the um, Raiders. And that's in the news right now. So anyway, pray for Hunter Henry. And, uh, you know, I guess he's had some success. I'm sure he did uh, in 2021. I don't know when Brady left the Patriots, but I'm betting he played some under Brady. I don't remember when he left. I really don't. Um... Before he went to, you know, play for Tampa, Tampa Bay Bucks. So, which we now know Brady is, of course, retired, right? So For the second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this one's supposedly official, right? Right. So, you know, um, from what you were talking about, this guy—he sounds—he sounds like a really stand-up guy. I um, I like that. I I, I like the fact that uh, you know, his desire to become less so that God can become more is something he stands on. I think that shows a lot of humility. And that is something that uh, a lot of players don't have. So um, really, thank you for bringing this guy to our attention. Well, there's so many out there. You know, I was talking to you earlier, but we've highlighted many of those that, you know, are out there and are very visible about their faith in God. And, you know, they're trying to make it, you know, in the NFL as a Christian. And, you know, that is a challenge in our culture, you know, for any Christian. Especially nowadays. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lots of, you know, lots of traps. Criticism. Lots of, yeah. Lots of yeah, traps. A lot of criticism. And, and, it, and it's like I said earlier. Okay. And this, I believe I'm going to say this on the better, on the good side of things. Um, If you're a Christian and you are receiving the money that you're receiving and you're getting the notoriety that you're getting, you may be the influencer on the social platforms or whatever platform you're using. But remember, you're not working to become an influencer. You're working for the Lord. You know, use your, use your platform to glorify God. Amen. I think that's huge. I think God really honors that too. When, when we do do that, I mean, there are many that are doing that now. I mean, it's, it's really encouraging to see. Amen. Well, I think with that, that's a good spot to end on, I think. Yes, I think so. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's been a season, hasn't it? Oh, yes, it has. It's been, it's had its moments. Uh, This will be the last show for this season. Um, We will start back up probably a little bit um, after the draft or somewhere around training camp, somewhere around there. Um, Hey, Teresa, can I share something? Absolutely. Guess where the train the draft's going to be held this year? Kansas City. At the end of April. Oh, big deal. It's going to be at Union Station. And I mean, everybody's talking about it. It is going to bring... I'm going to try to figure it out. I got to figure out how I'm going to get down there. Do represent Blazing Guts, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need to get some T-shirts. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I will talk to... Uh, uh, someone about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess we're going to be doing, maybe we could do some live coverage from the draft. I don't know. We'll see about that. Uh, 
we may do a show here and there if something pops up in the NFL that needs to be covered. But for the most part, this is the last show of the season, and we will be back next year. I'll tell you what, guys. We are excited. Yes, we love the NFL. We love doing this show. And I would love to hear what you guys think and what you guys want us to cover next year. And with that, I'm Teresa Blaze. This has been the Blaze and Guts Podcast. We're out. If you run across someone that we don't know about, please text it in. I want you to text NFL to 575-223-1596. You're going to get a little link. You're going to fill out your information. And if you got football thoughts, anything, we want to hear about it. 